Hi, sisters. We are back in Philippians. I am so excited. We are going to be going over Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, and we'll be doing this in a four-part series. Paul has so much to say about not resting in our works and our flesh for our salvation. And anything that we have lost in the salvation of Christ, if we have lost friends and family, or we're getting persecuted, or maybe you're being made fun of, it is all worth it because we're going to see what great gain it is to follow Jesus Christ. So grab your Bibles and come on this journey with me, or you can just listen while you're doing your daily tasks. Either way, the word of God is going to start marinating in you right now. Hey family, welcome to God's word, transforming lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn his word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew his word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat, and I became determined to find the Jesus of scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's word and his spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. So verse seven, now we're going to get into some things where he says, I laid all of that aside. Because finding Christ has been so amazing. There is nothing compared to the life that I have now in Christ, to the riches of the glory of Christ that I now have in him. There is no comparison to the life that I was living before. And remember, Paul was shipwrecked, beaten, fasted, naked, stoned, right? Flogged, in prison all the time. He was not living his best life, guys. He was not living his best life at all. But yet he said, I can count it all joy. And this is why, because he saw, he knows the difference of his life since being introduced to Jesus Christ. And so now we're going to talk about what it means to lose our old life, that old self, that old way of thinking, trying to do things in our own power, in our own flesh, resting on our own laurels, our own flesh 
for our salvation. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we get a transformed life with him. Everything shifts, everything changes. And so he's going to go on to talk about that. Verse seven, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted as lost for Christ. Being a Hebrew of Hebrews and the nation of Israel, being a Pharisee, having all that, that power and that prestige and that respect, you know, no, have all that knowledge that he had. He said, I count it all as loss. All of it. It's in the lost column of my accounting. It's in the absolute lost column because gaining Christ there's nothing that compares to gaining Christ, to gaining the true gospel of Jesus Christ, to become born again and walking in the truth, walking in the spirit and in the truth of God. He says, yet indeed, I count all things lost, verse eight, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to start breaking down some things here. So when he says, yet indeed, I, I also count all things lost, everything from his past, everything from who he was before, it's all a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So that word knowledge comes from where we get our word Gnostic or Gnosis, but it doesn't mean what we want, think it's going to mean. Okay. So to know means to have a deeper intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it goes beyond the facts and into the heart. It goes beyond just having all the, all your boxes checked, like Jesus is God. He's also fully man. You know, he is the second person of the Trinity. He, you know, he was born, you know, a virgin from a virgin and all those things. Those are great. Those are facts. Those are all true. And we need to be in unity with those, but this is deeper. He's saying it's deeper. It's having this beautiful, intimate relationship with Christ. I get to know God on a deep, intimate way that his, his Hebrew Jewish faith never gave him, never gave him that deep, intimate, beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we're not talking about a mystical revelation, transcending goosebumps type of experience. That's paganism. That's paganism. That's not what he's talking about. That that was something that pagans or the Gnostics would profess Christ and then come in and say, well, it's great that you have this knowledge of Christ, but we need to take you deeper. We need to start, you need to start having divine revelations. You need to start having a mystical experience and you have to go deeper with these experiences in order to really know God. Does that sound familiar at all to any of you? Okay, I hope it does because- it's paganism. It's new age witchcraft. And it's not the gospel. This knowing is this, what it, it talks about here is Paul is referring to a deep bond with Christ. See the early church, these Gnostics would start to come in and they'd start to teach that you need divine. Cause they, they learned it from the pagans, the pagan, the pagans would have, you know, these experiences and mysticisms and divine revelations. And so there was a group of Christ, Christians and they weren't, they weren't truly Christian, but they professed Christ. And then they brought these pagan practices in to the church and they'd say, look, we can give you deeper experiences and deeper revelation of Jesus. But the early church immediately said, no, that is paganism, and we we do not receive that. That is not coming into our church. They knew that those were what? Dogs and evil workers. 
that were trying to creep into the church and they put a stop to it. Now it has permeated the church because we have not put a stop to it. And, um, and I'm just, that's all I'm going to say about that. So we're going to move on here. So this word no here, it talks about here. It says that Paul's referring to a deep bond with Christ, a deep love that he has for Christ and that Christ has this deep love for him, that there's, there's deep intimate love bond between him, and his savior. It's like the bond that Christ has with his bride, the church. He loved her so much. He died for her. He loved her so much. He gave his life up for her. And that's what he's talking about here is this love an intimate love. He loves God's word. He loves to obey God's word. He loves to serve God. He loves laying his life down for the body of Christ, pouring his life out like a drink offering for the body of Christ. It's a love in action. It's not a feeling or an experience. It is, it's deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. It's saying, I will lay my life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will die for my savior. I will, I will defend the gospel. I will defend the apostles teachings. I will lose everything for Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, this knowledge is such gain to me. This intimacy is such gain to me. The knowledge of Christ, of Christ Jesus, my Lord, of my Lord. And he's saying he understands now that this intimacy is personal. When he says my Lord, he's saying my Christ, my Messiah, my messenger or prophet of God. He's personal to me. He's he's mine. He, he's saying my Jesus, my personal savior, my personal high priest, who's interceding for me day and night, who intercedes for my sin, who intercedes for my life. It's my Jesus. It's my Lord, my sovereign King, my master. Do you see that intimacy when he puts that word my in there? And that's what he is for you and me saints. If he is truly, if you're truly born again, then he is your Lord. He is your Messiah. He is your Jesus, your master, your king, your bridegroom, your friend. He loves you so much. His love is just, it's pouring out on you. We can't understand and even comprehend the depth and the height and the width of God's grace and mercy and love for you and for me. And so Paul's making it very personal here that knowing that intimate love bond that he is now experiencing with God through Christ Jesus that he never had before. That alone, if that's all he received, that was enough for him to lay everything in his past down. But he goes on, there's more. So he says, we're still in verse eight here. The knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered let me make sure yet indeed i account all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of christ jesus my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things it's not easy giving up your old life for jesus it's not easy giving up your friends your family your hobbies your old desires um old ways of thinking philosophies wisdom knowledge things that you learned 
that you now have to unlearn as you're growing in Christ, like it's not easy dying to yourself every day. But Paul is saying here, I've suffered those losses. I've suffered those things and I count them as rubbish. You know what that word rubbish means in the Greek? Literally means poop. It can mean dog poop or like cow poop, or it can mean human poop. It is foul. It is unclean. It is disgusting. And that's what he says. That's what he's saying here. I count it as filthy disgustingness. All those things in my past, all those things that he was once resting on for his salvation is now meaningless and putrid to him. Because compared to the excellency of Christ, compared to the free gift of salvation, compared to the beauty of what's been afforded to us, what other word could you put in here? I mean, I think of like our 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 self-righteous works are like filthy rags, right? Like that's considered, you know, a woman's used menstrual pad. That's pretty disgusting. And that's the works that Paul's talking about here. That was like filthy rags. It's rubbish to gain Christ. Nothing compares to it. He says, so I have suffered the loss. I have suffered the things I had to give up for Christ. And he does require things. He is our Lord. We are slaves to a good master. And he is going to tell us, yeah, you can't do that no more. You can't talk like that no more. Yeah, you don't wear those clothes no more. You know, yeah, those hobbies got to go. They're an idol. Yeah, you maybe you got to sell that because you know what? It doesn't represent who you are anymore. And you, that represents the world and your love for money and your love for materialism and success and pride and all those things. I don't know, you know, but we need to be willing to give it all up, whatever it is to lay our lives down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says in verse nine, that I may be, that I may gain Christ. So he considers it all rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse nine, because we have to lay down our past guys. We have to lay it down, lay down all that flesh and those fleshy desires and all those things. Jesus said, count the cost before you come following him. This is not an easy believism, fluffy Jesus gospel. He told people all the time, you're going to die to follow me. You're going to lay down everything you own. You're going to leave everything you own and come follow me. Count the cost before you come following me because it is not an easy road and it's going to be very costly. That's the Bible's version of the gospel. We don't hear that a lot in our modern day, but this is the truth. And any true born again believer that's truly walking with the Lord and walking in obedience understands exactly what Paul's saying here about losing, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it says here in verse nine and be found in Christ. He was found. Christ found him on the road to Damascus and not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, right? He was trying to have his own righteousness in the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith. God granted Paul the faith to believe in Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And that's where Paul realized that all of his right, all of his righteous works were nothing but filthy rags. 
They were nothing but disgusting menstrual pads, pads before the Lord. But it meant nothing. He needed to repent and put his faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, which was done for him on the cross. He needed the righteousness of Christ imputed to him. And I talk about this, and I have this teaching on my favorite doctrine, one of my favorite doctrines, which is the imputation of Christ, which all of Christ's righteousness and all of his holiness is imputed to us and all of our sin and filthy rags and flesh works and all these things that we rested in are all imputed to Christ at the cross. And it brings us freedom. Paul understood this freedom that he now had in Jesus Christ. That it wasn't based on rituals and rules and, and keeping Sabbath days and keeping festivals and not eating pork and, 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 and sacrificing these animals and doing all these things and then all these extra traditions that were added and, and all this stuff that he had to constantly work and strive and work and strive. He was free in Christ now. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, my friends. This is the beauty of the gospel. That our sin, we are set free from the penalty of sin. We're set free from the power of sin. We're now made right in God's eyes. We are justified and made holy and blameless before God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit residing in us to help us live in victory and to know truth and to, st and to stay on the narrow path and to be separated from this world. What is greater than that? What is greater than that, my dear sisters? That's the glorious gospel that we attained through Christ Jesus. So yeah, it's worth giving up everything to follow the Jesus of scripture when you can have an intimacy with him. You are righteous in his in, in in his eyes you can go boldly to the throne room of grace and make your petitions known you're now set apart for holiness made right before the father you are justified and regenerated by the holy spirit of god you are a new creation in christ all those chains have fallen off of the sin and the sin debt and yeah we're still walking it out it doesn't become perfect man Lose all of that for the gain of Christ Jesus. All those old things for him. Praise God. Amen. Ah, oh, amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.